Hey everybody, welcome to the Strength and All podcast. I'm Scott Shetler. In this episode, we're going to get into that topic that I've been avoiding and putting off for as long as I possibly could. We're going to talk about nutrition. There's so many things I'd much rather talk about and I can't stand talking about nutrition, but I've gotten a lot of questions from people. People have sent me messages asking me to talk about my, specifically my nutrition, what I do. Uh, if you follow me, you know I'm a vegan. So I've had a lot of questions about how I make the vegan diet work for me, uh, questions about the vegan diet for strength training. I've gotten the questions about how much protein do you take in as a vegan and, and just questions about a lot of the myths and stuff that persist about, about this way of eating, this nutrition program. So for those of you who follow this podcast for good training, talk and training information, I apologize. Suffer through this one with me and I promise I will never come back to this topic again with the exception of... I'll probably have people on as guests who are vegan athletes or people that have done some pretty cool things. So we'll definitely talk to them about their way of eating and how they've made the diet work for them as athletes, but I will never bring up this subject again. So again, please suffer through this with me and let's get into it. So basically in this episode, I want to get into a little bit about my personal story about why I got into uh, this, this way of eating. Uh, and then I'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the myths associated with the diet, and uh, then that'll be it. I'll I'll never have to bring up the subject again. Okay, so uh, first of all, I've uh, I've not I, I am a vegan, uh, but I have not been vegan the majority of my life. I actually ate a heavy heavy meat based diet prior to going plant based, and uh, particularly when I was competing in powerlifting, I was eating a ton of calories and a lot of meat, particularly red meat. Um, I typically walked around at about 225, 230 pounds uh, back then. I'm about five foot ten and uh, drug free, and that was about the heaviest that I could get without laying down some serious body fat. Um, so I was just kind of stuffing my face any chance I could with a with a lot of meat, a lot of red meat. And uh, after after doing that for a while, you know, working in the fitness industry, you're often it's often pushed that you needed to eat a ton of protein if you want to build muscle and get stronger and that the majority of the protein should come from animal-based sources as animal-based sources are a complete protein. And I want to get into that myth a little bit later here in the show, but uh, that was the idea in the fitness industry in that, you know, you could go on a vegetarian diet or, or eat a plant-based diet, but it wasn't optimal. Uh, people that made it work were kind of the outliers. You know, I think about my buddy, Mike Mahler, who's been vegan for, for a long time now. And he was always looked at as kind of that, that freak that just was able to make the diet work for him. But, you know, he was the exception to the rule. And it's, it's kind of a ridiculous notion now knowing what I do and, and based on my experience, as well as the people that I know that eat this way and do some pretty big things athletically. So like I said, you know, the, the, the whole idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan and being strong and, and being, being able to build muscle and, and build a tremendous amount of strength was always kind of looked down on. Of course, there were always endurance athletes that were always uh, known as, as uh, following a plant-based diet, but that was kind of the thing. Yeah, you might be able to excel in endurance, but if you wanted to get strong and build muscle, it wasn't the way to go and you're supposed to eat a heavy uh, animal-based protein diet. Uh, so my, what, what led me to adopting a vegetarian, then eventually vegan diet for myself was, uh, 
basically animal welfare. Now, I've, I've been a big, uh, big supporter of, of animal welfare for a long time. Both my wife and I have volunteered for numerous animal welfare organizations, animal rescues. We've donated a lot of our time and money in the past. Uh, so we were big supporters of animal welfare. And this idea that you start kind of feeling hypocritical that you're out there doing all this work for, for animals, yet you continue to eat them. So that was something that I struggled with for a long time, just kind of this internal struggle and, and actually started feeling very hypocritical, uh, based on the way that I was eating. So I remember one time my, my wife and I were at the beach and I had this big plate of like barbecue ribs and steak and, and crab legs or something like that. And, and she just asked me if I'd ever thought about, you know, where my food came from. And of course my first reaction was the typical knee jerk, you know, you know, why are you, you know, why are you coming down on me about what I eat? And, you know, just, just the typical reaction that you get whenever you talk to people about diet, which is why I don't do it. You know, I've always been kind of a live and let live, do whatever you want. You know, I'm going to do my thing and, and we can be friends. I've never been that, that preachy vegan, which, uh, I often find to be quite annoying myself. Uh, but that was kind of my, my reaction when she questioned, you know, do you, have you ever thought about where your food comes from or, or how it gets onto the table? And that was also what, you know, aside from me being a little baby and, and throwing a tantrum about that comment, but that kind of embedded in my head. And that made me for the first time, really put a face on my food, you know, because the industry does a really good job. The food industry does a great job at packaging that meat up, making it look pretty and in plastic wrappers and, and putting it on the grocery store shelves. You don't really think about what goes into getting that meat, you know, from the, the farms, the factory farms or the free range, you know, organic farms. I mean, I, I don't believe in humane meat. Sorry for those of you who only eat happy cows. I'm, I just, I'm not down with that. I don't think that anything that's assigned a predetermined expiration date is, is a happy anything. Uh, yeah, maybe they've got a little bit better quality of life uh, before they're getting slaughtered, but whether it's factory farms or these free range farms, it all ends the same for the animal, which I'm not down with and don't think is cool. Uh, but it really started making me look at where my food comes from. And it's absolutely horrifying. And what, ca what it came down to for me was, Hey, I can't go. I, I, I don't have it in me to go kill an animal and eat it. So I'm not going to pay somebody else to. So I've got to figure this out and I got to find a way to get the meat out of my diet. So that was really a catalyst for me to look into becoming vegetarian, eventually vegan. Uh, and it just, it, it, I had to do a little bit of legwork. I didn't associate with a lot of people who, who were vegan athletes at the time. I didn't know a lot of people. So there weren't people that I could just ask questions to for information. So I started, got online and started doing my own research. Eventually found sites like veganbodybuilding.com, learned about a lot of the, the vegan bodybuilders and the vegan strength athletes out there. And of course, the vegan endurance athletes I learned more about, started reading more about their stories, listen to podcasts that they were featured on, you know, found about great people like Rich Roll and all these people who had awesome podcasts where they talked to people who, who ate plant-based and how they made it work for their sports and things like that. And then it just started, you know, making sense, you know, that the, the science is there when you just look at the macronutrient and micronutrient breakdown of foods, it really doesn't matter the food stuff. I really don't believe that there is anything, any benefit that you get from eating meat that you can't get from eating plants. I mean, amino acids are amino acids and people are going to argue, you know, this idea of a complete protein, but that's, that's a bunch of nonsense. You know, that assumes that you're only eating one sort of protein, uh, source or one source of food, you know, for, for your protein. And that's not how people eat. But so after doing a little bit of research, I just started cutting out, uh, meat was the first thing I cut out. I cut out all beef, chicken, turkey. I uh, just cut out all the meats from my diet and was just eating basically, a, a fish 
and then a lacto-ovo vegetarian diet. So I don't even you know what pesco lacto-ovo or some ridiculous title that people put to it, you know, whatever. I mean, I was eating fish, I was eating eggs, and I'd actually given up on dairy a while back. I was eating cheese, but I'd given up on milk a while back. Actually, even before I stopped eating meat, I had switched to switched to almond milks and, and non-dairy milks just because I was just having a hard time with uh, regular milk. I wasn't, I don't know that I was lactose intolerant, but I just got really mucusy and and just kind of gross from uh drinking a lot of milk. So I had actually switched to non-dairy milks prior to that. So eating some eggs, eating some fish and eating, you know, a little bit of dairy, some whey protein and things like that. And then I just over a period of about a year, year and a half, this was from about 20, uh, geez, 20, early 2010, I think it was April of 2010 to about December of 2012 is when I transitioned from a, a, pescatarian or, or vegetarian diet or whatever to a totally plant-based diet. I cut out fish, I cut out eggs. And really what it came down to was I was still drinking some whey protein and I was like, you know, this is just stupid. I can cut out the cheese. I can cut out the whey protein. I can find, you know, plant-based proteins and, and figure it out. And, and for me, like I said, because it was animal welfare based, it was very easy to eventually just draw that hard line and say, Hey, I'm, I'm going all in. Um, in, in hindsight, looking back, it really wasn't that hard to do. It should have been a lot easier. It, it really wasn't that hard to do. And I, I should have been able to do it a lot faster, but I did take my time kind of transitioning to a plant-based diet. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I do know people who have basically done it overnight and that's awesome. But I, I think, you know, whatever level, uh, people are kind of vegging at, I think that's awesome. And, and I respect that. And, and I celebrate that. I think that's a, a very cool, uh, step in the right direction, you know, because if somebody says, hey, I'm just going to give up meat, then, then, then great. That That's, they're, they're having an impact. You know, I, I don't think people need to go all in right away. Uh, I'd love to see a point where everybody, on, you know, on the planet ate a plant-based diet. It'd be much better for the animals in the long run, but I doubt we're going to get there anytime soon. So any progress in the right direction, in my opinion, is a good thing. So, uh, but for myself, I drew that hard line. I don't eat animal products. I only eat a plant-based diet now. And uh, that, that's, that's how I got into it. And again, that was December of 2012 is when I switched to a, a totally plant-based vegan diet. Now, some of the results that I saw, you know, I mean, if we, if we talk about the, what I do for my diet, I've had a lot of questions from people. And I know I've talked about this in other podcasts that I've been on. So if you've, if you've followed me a little while, you'll listen to some of the podcasts that I've been on, uh, the Live Life Aggressively show. I just did a, uh, did a podcast with Karina, um, the No Bullshit Vegan podcast, where we talked a little bit about my diet. So I, I've, I've talked a little bit about, you know, what I've done nutrition-wise in some of the podcasts that I've been a guest on. But uh, I, I did start out actually on a very, very healthy plant-based diet. Actually, it was almost a totally raw. I was actually totally raw vegan for a while. And I know it, it's funny. Vegans love to bash on raw vegans the same way omnivores love to bash on vegans. It, it, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, that, that's one of the things I just roll my eyes at about the vegan community. You know, they talk about, oh, those mean omnivores that just make fun of our diet. Yet they turn around and they bash raw vegans or, or fruitarians or whatever. It's stupid, man. I mean, if, if you're not, not eating animals, and you're just eating plants. I don't care what you do, uh, but it's just so funny to see these, these vegans on one hand complaining about being being you know bashed by omnivores, then they turn around and they bash people who don't want to eat vegan junk food. Which you know, like that's that's there's something wrong with that. You know, somebody that only wants to eat healthy whole foods is somehow uh, 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 like a uh, some sort of uh, uh, 
I don't know, some sort of uh, uh, diet freak or, or they're, they're, it's some sort of eating disorder because they only want to eat healthy, which is completely ridiculous. If you want to eat vegan cookies, eat vegan cookies. If you just want to eat strawberries, eat strawberries. I don't care. It's not animals, you know, whatever. It's just, it's so funny to see this, this moronic stuff that people will debate over. But I was actually raw vegan for quite some time, about, about four or five months. I was totally raw. And then, then I started eating some more cooked food because I love bean burritos and things like that. And I don't think it's, it's unhealthy at all to eat cooked food, which is one of the things that, that a lot of raw vegans, uh, kind of subscribe to, which I disagree with. But, uh, uh, so I, I, I was eating and I still eat a large amount of my calories from fresh, raw, whole foods. I eat a ton of fresh fruit. Uh, I do a lot of greens and green smoothies and things like that. I'll, I'll eat a lot of raw nuts and seeds and, and, and things of that nature. Um, I feel good when I eat that way and uh, there's no reason for me to stop doing it. Uh, so basically, if you, if you do know me, you also know that I do like my uh, vegan desserts and, and vegan donuts and vegan cookies and stuff like that too. So I do work a little bit of delicious vegan junk food into my diet as well because I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to lose sleep over wanting to go eat a donut here, eating a slice of cake here. I don't make that the bulk of my calories. In fact, the majority of what I eat, I'd say about 85-90% of the time is healthy whole food, mostly whole food, plant-based uh, food sources. So just to give you an idea what a typical day looks like for me, I usually wake up and I eat my first meal between, uh, I, I should mention, I, I, I do a, a time-restricted a, a time eating approach. Uh, if you know the work of Dr. Sachin Panda, um, I'm a big fan of time-restricted eating. I've been doing it for, for a little while now, and, and, and it's been one of the best things that I've ever adopted. I, I feel so much better. My digestion's better. I sleep better. Uh, I, I've lost even more weight just, just really easily without changing the number of calories or the, the quality of the food that I'm eating. So I, I'm a proponent of time-restricted eating, or TRE. I generally have my first meal sometime between, uh, I usually wake up at about six in the morning. Uh, and I usually have my first meal about seven thirty or eight o'clock in the morning. I usually start with some, uh, coffee. I either, I make my own cold brew and, uh, got to give death wish a plug. I'm a big fan of death wish coffee. So I make some death wish cold brew. I usually have that first thing in the morning. I either have it black or I have it with a little bit of, uh, almond milk or, or soy milk in it. And I usually drink that on the way into the gym. And then I usually do some overnight oats the night before. So I make, I uh, mix some raw oats with some chia seeds, uh, some cinnamon, some dried fruit like raisins. I uh, usually throw some shaved almonds in there. Usually throw some walnuts in there, pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, uh, chia seeds, which you have to do to, to thicken it all up a little bit. And, you know, just some other things to kind of spice and flavor it up. Sometimes I'll put a little uh, maple syrup in there, but I make that the night before. I soak it in some almond milk so that it gels up. And then I take that to work. And that's usually after my coffee, my first meal of the day. So I just kind of stir that up and down it. Uh, I snack on a lot of fresh fruit during the day. I usually eat about four, maybe three to five pieces of fruit, usually an apple, banana, sometimes an orange, mixed berries, uh, goji berries, just some things that I keep at the gym on hand that I can snack on pretty easily. So I snack on a lot of fresh fruit during the day. I usually try to have one green smoothie every day where I throw in usually a couple cups of greens, mixed greens like kale, spinach, chard, um, collard greens, things like that. I usually a couple cups of, of greens. I'll throw in about a half a cup to a cup of broccoli, uh, usually some mixed berries, a banana, a uh, couple tablespoons of flax meal, um, and then usually a couple cups of either almond milk or water for the base. 
blend that up. Sometimes I'll throw a chunk of turmeric root in there and uh, try to drink one of those a day. Um, I, uh, I typically go out for lunch a couple times a week with my wife. We'll meet for lunch. Um, usually go out and get something like a tofu scramble with some oatmeal or, uh, you know, we'll go to like an Indian restaurant. I usually get like some chana masala, some chickpeas and rice or something like that. Uh, sometimes we'll go out for some vegan sushi uh, or we'll go to one of the one of our favorite vegan specialty restaurants like V Green or Avocado Vegan Cafe. So usually when I go out to eat, it's something like that. That's usually a couple times a week. Um, and then for, uh, like I said, usually for snacks, it's usually fruit uh, during the day. Usually around a workout, I do use a supplemental protein drink. This is the only time I really use supplemental protein, but I do a post-workout drink, which is nothing more than a couple cups of non-dairy milk mixed with some plant-based protein. I'm currently using the plant-based protein from Run Everything Labs, which I'm really big fan of. I really like this protein. It mixes easily. It tastes great. Uh, but I have used things like Vega and Plant Fusion in the past. Plant Fusion is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, but I've really been liking the plant-based protein from run everything lab. So if you're looking for a good plant-based protein, definitely recommend checking that out. I uh, generally throw, take uh, creatine uh, once a day, and I usually throw that in my post-workout drink. And then for dinner, I usually have a little bit more of the same that I had at lunch, or I have, sometimes it'll be something simple like a peanut butter sandwich on some sprouted grain bread, or I'll bring some, you know, maybe some like rice and beans or something with me or some, some leftovers or whatever, because I'm usually eating at work. Uh, sometimes we're cooking at home and it could be, you know, like beans and rice and mixed with avocado and salsa and some greens, or it might be a uh, stir fry. Uh, with a bunch of different vegetables and rice, or it could be even like a Beyond Burger and French fries or something like that, you know? So uh, I don't get too crazy. I, I eat healthy most of the time, but if I want to have a, a burger or some vegan donuts or something like that every now and then, I'm going to do it. But I generally finish eating after dinner. Sometimes I have a green smoothie right after dinner, but I uh, usually wrap up uh, eating usually by about 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the evening. And then from then on, I only have water uh, until bed. So I usually go to bed about 10 o'clock. So that's about three to four hours of not eating before I go to bed. And that's, that's something that I adopted from the time-restricted eating approach, which again, I'm, I'm really loving this way of eating. But that's just an overview of a normal day for me. Sometimes I'll have things like a Lenny and Larry's cookie, you know, around my workout. I've been trying some of these, uh, these Vega cashew milk, uh, yogurts, uh, lately, which have been pretty good. So I do work things like that in for a little bit of variety. Um, but that's just a good snapshot. And, you know, like I'll usually have a coffee in the early afternoon as well. I usually have two coffees a day, one on the way into the gym and then one early afternoon, like right after lunch. Um, uh, but that's usually about all I drink, you know, some green tea and things like that. But Outside of that, it's just non-dairy milks and water. Uh, so that's a really good snapshot of what a normal day of eating looks like for me. I know if you follow my Instagram account, you'd think it's nothing but but fried kale chips and donuts, but it's not. Um, I definitely do eat the majority of my calories from healthy food sources. So one of the things, uh, one of the big things that just kind of confirmed that I was on the right track with adopting this nutrition plan was the results that I experienced in my own personal health. So just give you those stats really quick. But prior to uh, going plant-based, I was usually walking around, like I said, my body weight was usually 220 to 230. And when I was powerlifting, I would usually cut down to the 220 class. So and you usually walked around about 225 most of the time. My blood pressure ranged anywhere from 125 over 85 up to about 135 over 90. My total cholesterol was 220. My 
HDL cholesterol was 41, my LDL cholesterol was 130, and then my triglycerides at the low end were about 135. At the high end, they were as high as 300. So that was my last physical uh, before going plant-based. And then for my next annual physical, after being plant-based, and actually after four months of being totally raw vegan, uh, I, I just happened to have my uh, next annual physical scheduled. And uh, my doctor was pretty blown away at the results because this is the first time everything was in the perfect ranges. Uh, my, my body weight at this point was ranging from 178 at the low end to 182 at the high end so that I dropped from 220 to 230 down to 178 to 182. I've actually built back some muscle. I'm, I'm actually walking around at about 190 right now. I was walking around about 198, but since going uh, with a time-restricted eating, this, this plan that I've been doing again, I haven't changed my calories. I just condensed, you know, I'm eating them usually in a, in a 10 hour window, sometimes, you know, as much as 11, sometimes as low as eight, but I'm averaging about 10 hours of an eating window during the day. And, uh, I've dropped another, you know, six, six to eight pounds. I'm, I'm walking around at about 190 to 192 right now. And it's a very lean 190 to 192. But that first physical after going on uh, a plant-based, I got my weight down to 178, 20. So it was about a 50 pound weight loss. Uh, my blood pressure was down to 102 over 67 at the low end to 112 over 72 at the high end. Again, going down from 125 over 85 to 135 over 90. My total cholesterol dropped from 220 down to 151. My HDL cholesterol increased from 41 to 43. My LDL cholesterol went down from 130 to 95. And my triglycerides, which were ranging 135 to 300, dropped all the way down to 65. So again, you know, the, the results were right there. I, what I was doing nutrition wise, one, it coincided with my beliefs about animal welfare and two, my health improved dramatically as a result. So that's my own personal story on why I eat this way. Again, I'm a vegan for ethical reasons, for animal welfare, uh, but the health benefits that I've seen since going plant-based have been pretty dramatic. Um, so I definitely attribute that to eating a, a healthier plant-based diet. Um, so that's a little bit about my own experience with this, this diet. And I want to talk about some of the, the misconceptions and things that I often hear. You know, one of the biggest ones is about protein. And I wrote a whole article about this. It's on my blog. It's uh, Vegan Protein Myths is the title. If you go to my blog and you want to check it out at eptsgym.com, go to the blog page and just, just scroll back a while and look for the uh, vegan protein myths. But I get a lot of questions about protein and basically, uh, and, and again, I, I want to preface this, you know, I should have put this disclaimer out. I am not a dietitian. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor. I'm only sharing my experience with plant-based nutrition and the experiences that I've, I've, I've learned, uh, as I've adopted this diet. So one of the things that I get asked quite a, quite a bit about is protein. And if we just look at the numbers here, the Recommended daily allowance, the RDA for protein is 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. All right. So that's what the RDA recommendation is. And that that's basically what the Ameri the average American should consume on a daily basis to prevent protein deficiency. Now, everything I've heard is that that's actually much higher. Uh, you can eat even less protein than that and not worry about becoming protein deficient. So if you eat the RDA, uh, which is 0.8 grams per kilogram body weight, you're probably going to be fine. Now that's definitely, uh, not talking about bodybuilders. That's not talking about strength athletes or really hard training athletes. That's just for the average person that should be more than enough to meet your protein requirements. Uh, 
So is the RDA sufficient for athletes? Uh, most, most say no, and I agree. Um, however, I think people do need to assess, seriously assess whether or not they are an athlete or even training near the same level as an athlete. But if we look at the American College of Sports Medicine, the ACSM, along with the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, uh, they have found that 1.2 grams per kilogram up to about 1.7 grams per kilogram to be the optimal range for hard training, endurance, and strength athletes. Now, that's definitely more than the RDA, but it's still much less than the often recommended 1 to 2 grams per pound of body weight that you see in most fitness and bodybuilding publications. I've actually seen people recommend, vegans who recommend eating 2 grams uh, per kilogram of body weight, I think, or maybe even 2 grams per pound of body weight, and they're not that muscled up, and I've seen vegans who eat way less than that who are very muscled up. So I think you need to experiment a little bit, but I think these ranges are pretty right on for most people. So I actually do like what uh, uh, Dr. Garth Davis recommends in his book, Proteinaholic. You know, he outlines that 0.8 grams per kilogram is the RDA for the weekend warrior. And this is what I think most of us are, people who go to the gym, we work out pretty hard, you know, we're trying to be fit, healthy, be in shape and things like that. He recommends one gram per kilogram of body weight plus a supplemental 20 to 30 grams after as part of your post-workout nutrition. I think that's right on for, for the majority of the people that are probably listening to this. You know, I, I think that more than covers your, your protein bases, uh, that that's, that's, should be right on for most people. Now, true athletes, I'm talking about professional athletes who are training really, really hard. That 1.2 to 1.7 grams per kilogram of body weight is probably what they would need. So again, experiment, find out what works for you. And keep in mind, you know, if you are an athlete who uses anabolics, that's going to allow you to, to consume and utilize more protein than somebody who is not using anabolic uh, steroids. So that, that's something else to factor in when you talk about these athletes who eat a ton of protein, especially bodybuilders, a lot of them do use anabolics and they're able to process more protein than a drug-free athlete. So keep that in mind too when you start seeing you know, protein recommendations being tossed around in the fitness and bodybuilding world. Um, I think one of the, uh, one of the, things that that often comes up when people talk about uh, i mentioned earlier this idea of complete proteins um a complete protein is just you know is just a uh it's a food it's a food that contains all nine essential amino acids all right so a complete protein is a food source that contains all nine essential amino acids the reason why it's often recommended that people eat mostly animal-based foods or animal-based proteins is because animal protein is a complete source of protein but nobody just eats well most people just don't eat steak or they just don't eat eggs. They eat a variety of foods and pretty much every food source out there has some amount of protein in it. So the idea of a complete protein is, is kind of ridiculous if you think about it, because this, the idea is that, that, that just, you know, that's predicated upon the fact that we're only eating one source of protein and that's not the case. All right. There are food sources that are complete proteins. And there are many that are incomplete proteins. And oftentimes when people talk about a plant-based diet, that's one of the things that comes up. You know, you often hear that rice isn't a complete source of protein and that beans aren't a complete source of protein. But when you eat them together, you get all of your essential amino acids and that you must combine proteins in order to get. But, but 
you don't need to do that. That's not how the body works, all right? So the idea of an incomplete protein is myth that's based in truth. It assumes that we only rely on one food source of protein, but most people eat a wide variety of foods, most of which contain some protein, which makes it easy to consume all the essential amino acids that the human body needs. You know, combining foods is just putting different foods together to form a complete protein. For instance, like I mentioned, you know, rice and beans by themselves are not complete proteins, but when combined, they form a complete protein source of source of uh, food source. But combining foods isn't necessary. Our bodies pool amino acids and you use them as needed regardless of the perceived completeness of the source. So I got this information from my friend Matt Resigno, who's a registered dietitian as well as an ethical vegan. And the thing that I love about Matt is the information that he presents is all evidence-based. All right. So I want to reiterate there, combining foods is not necessary. Our bodies pool amino acids and use them as as needed, regardless of the perceived completeness of the source. So yeah, eating rice and beans together is great because it tastes awesome, especially if you throw in some avocado and salsa like I do. But if you eat your rice for lunch and your beans for dinner, you will get no less of a benefit. So I hope that kind of makes sense of this, this myth of complete protein, but we still hear it, you know, it's particularly bodybuilding uh, proponents who, who talk about why you need to eat meat and why you need to eat animal protein because it's complete protein and why it's superior to a vegetarian or vegan diet. It's completely, it's completely wrong. And what's disturbing is a lot of these people are very uh, well-versed in science. They're, some of them are even nutrition scientists, and it's just really disturbing to just hear them you know, bash a plant-based diet. I'd, I'd just have a lot more respect for them if they would just come out and say, look, I don't eat that way, but yes, you can do it. You can build muscle. You can be healthy, blah, 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 instead of just using it as an excuse to, to bash a plant-based diet or, or, or say that it's less than optimal. So hopefully that uh, kind of clears up some of the, the myths about uh, vegan diets. And, and basically for the most part, if you're wondering if, if you're an average person who likes to work out hard, likes to train hard, as long as you're eating enough calories to sustain your daily activity and you're eating those calories from a wide variety of whole plant foods, if that's where the bulk of your calories come from, you won't be protein deficient. You're going to get all the protein, all the carbs, all the fats that you need. Plus, you're going to have the benefit of all the phytonutrients, phytochemicals, all the vitamins, minerals, enzymes, and the fiber that's associated with whole plant foods. It's really tough to beat a diet that gets the majority of its calories from whole plant foods. So if you eat enough calories to sustain your daily activity and your, your workout or your training, and the majority of those food sources come from whole complete, you know, plant or come from whole plant food sources, you're not going to be protein deficient and you're going to be fine. Now, definitely there are some supplements that may need to be considered. Uh, you always hear about B12. Uh, so I think if you're going to follow a plant-based diet, taking a B12 supplement is important. It often gets bashed that, you know, oh, vegan, you know, vegan diet isn't a good source of B12. Well, there's a lot of meat eaters who are vitamin B12 deficient because they don't, they don't absorb it. So I, just take the damn supplement. I mean, it's like an $8 bottle. Uh, it's really, really easy, really cheap to supplement with some B12. I usually use a supplement that has about 500 micrograms of B12. I usually take one of those a day or one every other day, uh, when I remember to take it and I've had no issues. Uh, Another supplement that you may want to consider is vitamin D3. It's actually vitamin D3 is a hormone, not a vitamin, but uh, if you're not getting out in the sun a lot, yeah, that, that's how our body produces vitamin D3 is through exposure to, uh, to sunlight. So you may want to consider supplementing with a vitamin D supplement, vitamin D3 supplement. 
Um, and then, uh, another supplement that I often hear talked about for vegans is an algae source or a non-fish source of EPA DHA, which is an essential fatty acid supplement. So there's vegan supplements out there for EPA DHA and, uh, they're algae based, which is basically how fish get it and why fish are such a high, uh, uh, percentage source of, uh, DHA and EPA essential fats. So, uh, those are the supplements that you may want to consider if you're going to eat a plant-based diet. Um, those are the ones that I take. In addition, like I said, I use creatine with my post-workout drink, but that's really about all I do supplement wise. Um, I don't really get into things like branched chain amino acids or pre-workout and, and stuff like that. I just think it's unnecessary. Um, Supplement manufacturers probably don't want you to think that, but I, I think most supplements are a waste of time. And really the only supplements I use, like I said, are creatine, a little bit of protein after my uh, workout, just because I like the convenience of having a protein drink on hand that I can slam. Cause I'm usually, after I train, I'm going to meet a client and, and train them. So I don't have time to sit down and eat a big meal. And then the B12, the D3 and the uh, vegan source DPA, DHA are usually what I take. So those are some supplements you want to, may want to consider if you're looking at a plant-based diet. Now, if you've got any, uh, any questions, anything more in-depth that you want to talk about about plant-based nutrition, shoot me an email at scott at eptsgym.com or through, uh, through Facebook or Instagram or whatever, whatever source of communication you use, and we can talk about a little bit more in-depth or if there's any you know, questions that you want answered, uh, I'd be happy to address those those directly. Um, I do work with some people through my distance coaching program. The majority of what I do is, is personal training I, or, or distance training, online coaching. We're usually looking at program design but for, for, for strength training, but I do work with people who are interested in adopting a plant-based diet uh, or athletes who are looking to make a plant-based diet work for their sports. I've actually worked with a pro rugby player from Scotland on his plant-based diet. I've worked with an NCAA hockey player on his uh, plant-based diet. And some things that I couldn't help him with, I did steer him in a different direction. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy to help out if you're looking at adopting a plant-based diet, uh, particularly athletes who are looking to make that diet work for them. Uh, so I do offer plant-based nutrition consultations, but again, these aren't prescriptions. I'm not a registered dietitian. I'm not a doctor. I'm not, you know, here to help with health problems. I'm just here to help with people, people with their training and making a plant-based diet work for what they participate in. So I'm happy to help in that regard. If I can shoot me a message, if you got any questions about that or any of my other uh, online coaching training programs that I offer, uh, or if you're in the Atlanta area and want to schedule a one-on-one -on -one consultation with me, you're welcome to come by the gym and set that up as well. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this, uh, this episode and, and humored me while I got into the topic that I've been avoiding and putting off for so long now. Uh, but again, thanks for suffering through it with me. I promise this is it for the nutrition podcast, unless I get a guest on where it's, it's, uh, kind of specific to themselves as a vegan athlete or, uh, or just how they've made the vegan diet work for them. But you will never have to hear me talk about it again in the next episode. We're going to get back into talk talking about training and things that matter. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you didn't, don't worry, we'll be back to training soon enough. And until next time, as always, stay strong and stay healthy.